Welcome to the Rise Inside podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and powered by Rise Robotics. Listen as host Justin talks to experts from the Rise team about topics relating to mechanical engineering, industrial design, commercialization, and innovation. True collaborations work when ideas are integrated at inception to solve significant problems. Rise Inside brings together how the team continues to work with great folks to commercialize ideas. You're listening to the Rise Inside podcast. Here is your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to the Rise Inside podcast. My name is Justin Starbird. Uh, Today is kind of cool. I get to welcome back Nolan Hobart, mechanical engineer at Rise, to join me for the Inside Rise series. Nolan, man, thanks for coming. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me on again. Hey, I, you know, I know when invitation is extended, you know, you're one of the first ones to, to pick it up. So thankful for that. You said it, I could. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, Hey, we have, we have, uh, you know, most people get a half hour. I mean, right now I have the next hour open for us. Who knows where this goes? Yeah. I mean, something I love about, you know, just interviews in general is like really getting into the details. So, you know, when I see a half hour interview, I mean, I mean, we've been talking out for six minutes, right? That's, you know, <laughs> almost a third of the time that we could have been, you know, talking about Rise and me and, and you know, the, all the cool stuff that's going on here. So just wanted to make sure that the interview got its, you know, due course and you know, we could get to everything we wanted to get to. And if we don't use the whole hour, then we don't use the whole hour. Ah, that's okay too, right? Well, you know, you know, that said, you and I got to meet, oh man, we've met a couple of times now, um, but uh, well over a year ago. As uh, you know, I came on to help with marketing and promotion and those sorts of things. And and you've been here. You're kind of like the old man around here. Three years at uh, at Rise um, yeah. as a mechanical engineer. How uh, how is how's the ride been so far? Um, I would equate it to kind of boarding the rocket ship like 30 seconds before blast off. Um, you know, I came on pre revenue when it was you know Aaron Blake Kyle. Moss. We had, like I said, no revenue. So, you know, we were kind of chasing this deal with Anthony, which, you know, wasn't quite solidified yet. There was, you know, some ambiguity about, you know, what was going to happen and and what we were doing. Um, But really everything just seems like it's been sliding into place since, since we signed that Anthony deal. Um, The morale has been, you know, pretty fantastic, you know, ups and downs as it do with, you know, any kind of R and D, uh, design process and, and validation. Um, but yeah, once, once the Anthony deal signed through, it was kind of, you know, in, initiating a fundraise for seed, you know, if you're sure you're familiar with the engine and, and several others invested in rise, um, and really brought out the lift gate to, um, a pretty good spot to push it over the, the finish line. Right. So, you know, um, I don't know if you've heard, we're probably going to be doing that in the next, you know, I mean, pilot units are being released here very soon. That's right. That's right. And for those that don't know, the Anthony Liftgate's partnership is our first uh, commercial opportunity to put this out uh, for Liftgates on the back of trucks, trailers, et cetera. And it really neat stuff. What was your role once that got started? Um, so, you know, kind of continuing on the last one, you kind of set it up well there. I was uh, actually a co-op when I first started. Um I had done a co-op at a big company and a co-op is, you know, like a six month internship. Um, I'm an alum of Northeastern. So, you know, people who are familiar with Northeastern will know what I'm talking about. Um, So 
you know, I did a co-op at a big medical device company uh, and then went down to a two-person startup. You know, they had incorporated, I think, two weeks before I was hired. Um, and we went out and did uh, the Techstars Sustainability Accelerator in Denver, um, who the program manager was, or program director was Jenna Walker. Um, and then when I was looking for my third co-op, I was thinking, you know, I've had two great experiences. I really want a strong technical base um, and was extremely selective over, you know, where I went. You know, I had had a few offers and, you know, was just really impressed with um, specifically Tomas and Blake, uh, who are the, the two technical founders of Rise, um, and just saw a lot, a lot of room to grow um, and came on as a mechanical engineer and co-op, um, was really focused on um, really getting acquainted with the system at the time we were using what we call the alpha cylinder, um, which was really just a demo unit for, for Anthony to come and, you know, validate the, the technology itself, not, not a product by any means. Um, yeah. So it was kind of integrating some of the, the features that are really going to be, you know, productizing this, this prototype. Um, yeah. So kind of saw that through, integrated that, did a lot of assembly work and kind of test and fixture design for those, those early alpha cylinders. Um, and then transitioned more to um, like testing and design focus um, okay. as, as the, the beta cylinder was kind of released or, you know, um, there was a need to create a second revision and, and really start to push this towards a product that you know we can mass produce that's assemblable and, and cheap um did a lot more kind of like uh design tasks and um really got into you know the entirety of the engineering design process where you know i was uh getting the requirements i was and am still i guess uh you know coming up with a, a proof of concept getting everyone on board with it making sure that we're all aligned on you know what exactly this is what it's doing when it needs to be done by etc uh, and then, you know, designing and then either, you know, outsourcing or, you know, um, we're a little more busy now, but when I had time um, to kind of go in, into the machine shop and, you know, really get into it with that, um, that was absolutely fantastic. You know, especially engineers starting out, it's so important to have a machine shop or at least, you know, a connection to the tool or the, the part you're designing after it, you know, gets blasted off to the machinist or whatnot, right? Like, sure. Um, there's, a, there's this idea that, you know, if, if you're both the engineer and the machinist, you know, you know exactly the design intent of the part, you can decide, you know, wh how to machine it, you know, what, what the best ways to go about that are, any shortcuts you can take so that you can, you know, make it as quickly and, you know, as uh, what you need as possible. Um, yeah. So now it's been, I've been doing a lot more of like, product design i'm really heavily involved in the liftgate um so as blake starts to step back and who's, who's our cto and walt who's our product manager of the liftgate starts to step forward um i'm kind of assuming a lot of the technical responsibilities of the liftgate so really interfacing with julie over at anthony liftgates and, and kurt walker um and jesse over there um just their their engineering team making sure that you know, we're ready for our builds. All of the R&D stuff has been thought about. All the minute details that, you know, might not make or break the system, but definitely have big implications for functionality. You know, I, I think about, um, you know, just electrical connections and, you know, 
little sub assemblies that were, you know, validated, but aren't, you know, out on the road, 100 hours, 1000 hours, 10,000 hours, you know, um, just sure. making sure everything is looking good for that. Yeah. You know, thinking back, you know, from that transition from co-op to then employee, and then, you know, now uh, sort of being elevated in, in terms of uh, responsibility, what has that journey felt like? And, and, you know, where, where, you know, most people in this situation, I go and say, Oh, before you came to rise, what did you do? But, you know, there are several folks here that actually got their start similar to you at at a co-op or as an intern, and then, you know, worked really hard to stay. Uh, What was some of the impetus for, for doing that? And, and also, you know, what has that journey, you know, been like so far? Sure. Um, well, I guess like the reason, like the main reason why I am at Rise um, is very much an environmental sustainability reason. Um, when I was looking for my third co-op, I really knew I wanted to be in the green space. Um, I was scrolling through Greentown Labs, you know, companies, and there were a few that I picked out, Rise being really the one that I was most excited about. Um, uh, you know, there's talk of heavy machinery, exosuits. When I met Blake and Tomas, you know, and, and kind of talked about what they like doing in their free time and how they think about engineering problems. I knew that it was a place that I wanted to be. Um, the first year I worked at Rise, which was either as a co-op or an intern, you know, part-time while I finished school, um, I grew as an engineer more than 10x what I learned in the classroom. Um, you know, just the the practical application of all of these things. Where yes, it's really important, and you know, for me, school was great. Um, and the application is, you know, building on top of that strong foundation where now it's like, all right, you know, you went through this thing in class. Oh, now this is how you actually use it. Um, yeah. And that was that was really, really huge for me. And um, not to say that I you know, hadn't had hands on experience in the past, but definitely not to the complexity and the level that, you know, Blake and Tomas are capable of, of really, uh, of really doing. Um, and. And your work mattered even at that point, right? I mean, because we're still so small at that point, you know, anything that you'd come up with or improved upon, you know, that was a big step forward. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think the main development that's happened over the last three years is really knowing what's important. Where are the priorities? How much time should I spend on this? Should I buy it or design it, right? Um, You know, the the phrase buy or build. you know, how do I think about, you know, other resources the company has, right? Should I design this part or should I machine this part because I want to, or does it make a lot more sense to buy it for a couple hundred bucks and then design the next one or, you know, go do something else that's tangentially related. That'll really give me a lot of, a lot of confidence that it'll work. Um, and then really just having the confidence in myself to make a decision, know that it was the right one or at least the best one at the time. And then, go from there, you know, um, specifically recently, I've been operating, you know, not independently by any means, but, um, with a lot more ownership over, you know, my design decisions and really not needing approval for, you know, stuff that is low urgency, but even potentially, you know, high importance, um, really just kind of coming into coming into my own in terms of confidence where, you know, earlier I was very capable, but not confident or as confident as I could be. And then, you know, now I feel very much where I'm fitting into my pants. I'm, you know, 
Yeah. I, I'm confident and I have the technical prowess to back it up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's interesting though, because with that comes, you know, more responsibility, ownership. So if things don't go well, being able to, you know, take uh, responsibility for that and, and walk through how you're going to fix it. How does that, you know, added element, you know, make you get out of bed each day or give you excitement um, each day? Yeah. Um, so, so basically like how does the added ownership uh, give you more on the rise? Yeah. Give you, give you more incentive to keep going. Sure. Um, well, let me think about that for a sec. So what I'm thinking about right now is, you know, really kind of having my own little area to work in, in my world, so to speak, um, where someone comes to me and they're like, Nolan, you're the subject matter expert right now on the lift gate, or at least, you know, this part of the lift gate for now, or, or I guess, so, so I have, you know, very much total ownership over the battery box in the lift gate. And then the lift gate itself, along with some other auxiliary systems, um, are in kind of a transition over to me. Um, I would argue that that's already happened. Um, and, you know, being the person who is more or less responsible for the success of the liftgate um, is a really big incentive for it to go well. Um, but also now I'm the main point of contact for, for Julie and Kurt, right? I love working with them and making decisions with them. Um, I'm going to be going out there to, to Pontiac in a few weeks now to, to actually get the pilot units up and going. Um, and, you know, if I didn't own the project and have all of the, the knowledge of, you know, how this goes together, what every part is supposed to do, um, then I wouldn't be the one doing that, you know? Right. Um, so it's really like, like a big cycle. Uh, you get excited for the design stage because you're leading that. And then, when you're done with that, you get excited for the fab and testing and then the redesign and, you know, it just kind of keeps going on. Um, and we've had Kurt on here a couple of times as well, talking about, you know, perspective from, from Anthony Liftgate and, and what, what it feels like in Pontiac, because for them, what's so cool is that, you know, as one of the first movers in the Liftgate space way back when, uh, today, you know, they're, they're, you know, kind of getting back to their roots in terms of innovation, um, uh, you know, putting, putting something new out there that has their name on it and it opens them up to a competitive advantage that they haven't had in a long time. Um, you know, does that weigh in on anything that you do or does it make you feel like, you know, more proud of stuff? Oh, definitely. You know, um, there's also an added level of kind of, responsibility you know like it's not just me that i'm doing this for it's for for anthony liftgates obviously i want to see them succeed i want to see rise succeed i want to see us to, us to succeed um i think shared purpose is a pretty powerful thing so knowing that we're both kind of going towards the same goal of you know electrification of liftgates or you know i guess uh liftgates are already electric but you know really actually getting to a highly efficient liftgate where all of the common problems that that happen with them aren't, aren't happening anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, capturing market share, really making a really good product that, you know, we can say, Hey, I, I built that over there. See all that stuff. That was me. That's going to yeah. be really cool when these are out on the road and, you know, I'm driving home or, you know, up North to go skiing and bam, there's an Anthony Liftgate right there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah that will, that's exciting. Is awesome. And yeah. it's great working with them and, 
obviously hoping to make them uh, very successful and excited. Yeah, man, uh, me too. And it's uh, it's neat to hear their story. You just brought up something though that I I also find interesting being up north and going skiing. Um, I, I know I know that that's one of uh, your passions. What are some of the other things that uh, you embark on when you are not working in the machine shop or in the uh, in the office and in, in design? Sure. Um, I guess. Okay, so I I think about. Uh, so, okay. So I'm trying to think whether or not I want to talk about, like, I have like a theory for different types of engineers. Um, whereas you have like, you know, the gearheads where you were fixing bikes and tinkering on motorcycles and cars and whatnot. You have the people who want to feel the movement, feel the motion, people who like skiing or kite surfing or you know, people who like are using tools and physics to feel cool things with their body. Um, but I don't really think I want to go into that. So maybe we can edit that part out. Um, well, I will say this about that is that well, that actually brings a lot of passion to the office too. And, and yeah. you know, when you get to put those two types of people together, it is really interesting. So in, in speaking with Kurt actually um, about Anthony Liftgates and, and his team, that was one of the things that he was talking about uh, was the, when they go through interviews, uh, one of the things that they ask their potential engineers, mechanics, you know, uh, folks that are going to be working on, on their lift gates in their shop is what they do on the weekends. And yeah. um, so I don't think you're far off. Not that we want to get into that topic, uh, you know, too deep or, or <laughs> put anybody in a, in a box, so to speak, but it is fascinating because I, it, it seems that there is some translative power to folks that are, are working on that every day and then go home and do things that are they're passionate about and are actually able to take some of those, you know, um, MacGyver fixes and, and, you know, make them, make them better uh in the shop sure yeah so i guess i'm very much an engineer that likes to feel the power of you know the the products and the tools so you know you know we we got onto this talking about skiing you know there is nothing better than flying down a mountain at 50 miles an hour not a care in the world you're confident in yourself it you're just feeling all of that you know what i mean like the flex in the skis, the rocker, the camber, you know, the, the snow on the edge, the sound of, of the snow, just, um, it's all really stimulating and magical. Um, and that's all because of engineering, you know what I mean? Like in, in testing. So getting those skis and knowing exactly that they went through all of what they did, um, in terms of like becoming a product for me to use like that, yeah. that pretty sweet um in terms of other stuff you know like skiing's a big one in the winter um i actually started on the path to becoming an engineer when i was young i my friend from kindergarten has a camp up in pittsburgh new hampshire uh, and for those who don't know it's the northernmost town in new hampshire largest by landmass, smallest in in population i'm pretty sure that's still accurate but you might want to double check me on that um and we we would go up uh, and my, one of my, you know, really earliest mentors, Alex's father, um, he's a roof rollover crash professional witness for, uh, exponent, uh, consulting company. So 
you know, I grew up with a very talented, knowledgeable mechanical engineer as, you know, kind of like a, you know, family friend. So we would go up and play around on snowmobiles and crash snowmobiles. And, you know, he's very competent. He'd have a whole tool shop. So he'd say, all right, let's go to the shop. You're buying the part and you're going to put it back on. So, you know, I started using, you know, air tools and power tools when I was young, wrenching away on snowmobiles and whatnot. Um, many hours spent in the, in the garage up in Pittsburgh in the winter, you know, just fixing something for the next day. So we can go take it for a ride. Um, very much a winter person, I think both as a result of that, because I didn't really get into skiing until three years ago. Okay. Um, So, so that's been really cool. Um, in the summer, uh, big mountain biker, um, less so this year, there's like a whole lot of things going on right now. Um, in terms of extracurriculars, like, I feel like, you know, I'm going, starting to go to a lot of weddings and whatnot. It's like, just kind of, you know, that time. Um, but um, you got the mountain biking. I run at least once a week. I actually ran the San Francisco marathon last year uh, in September. Um, and I was, I think I did like a 945 average mile pace, which I was pretty stoked about. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. And then uh, just traveling around when I can, you know, it hasn't really been so much since COVID, but um, you know, I've been to Europe and Canada and Mexico, and, um, I really want to go to South America. Uh, I'm pretty, I say f- I'm very adept at Spanish, right? Like I can, okay. I can have a conversation. I could have a technical conversation. When I went down to one of our suppliers in Mexico, I was, you know, able to talk to their line workers and understand different problems and whatnot. Um, so I really want to go down to South America and, and use some of that. Spanish and, and just really understand uh, and, and be down there, you know, um, I've yep. read about it and, you know, obviously seen photos of some of the more outside stuff that they got going on down there. Um, but I, that's probably one of the things that I really want to do that I haven't done yet is, is get down to South America and, you know, do a little tour, speak, speak a bunch of Spanish, try all of the, uh, the food down there and whatnot. Um, that's great. Yeah, I've uh, been fortunate at different parts of my life to spend time in Colombia, and that was uh, pretty great. So, um, so you know, thinking about you know pulling all this together, you know, you, the different elements you did growing up, you know, the the passions that you have outside of outside of the garage, outside of the lab, outside of the office today, uh, you know what makes the rise vision really so important to you? And, and now, now it feels like a, a fabric of your life. Yeah. Um, what makes the rise vision important? Well, okay. So, so I'm going to zoom out a little bit. Rise is a linear motion company, right? We know this. Um, we've developed highly efficient linear actuators, which is a fancy way of saying we make machines that lift heavy things in a straight line with little energy. Um, and I, this is probably not an original thought, but uh, when I think about energy, I think about, you know, all of the, like the processes at which it goes through, right? There's creation of energy, transportation of energy. Um, so you think like high tension wires, there's energy storage, um, energy usage, right? Um, where where does rise fall in that, right? You could think like a battery company would fall into storage, um, you know, like a 
infrastructure company like a municipality or a high tension wire company would fall into transport. Rise very much falls into the what I would consider to be like the lesserest known or the most less least the least known kind of area of that being the energy being used, right? Um, let's make a bigger battery. Let's make a bigger battery. Let's get more power. Okay, well, we could do the same thing if we just use less to do the same, right? And it's, you know, um, really just focusing on the use, the using of the energy instead of anything else about the energy. So the energy is almost not the important part of how we design, right? We're designing to use that efficiently as possible. Um, and I don't think that there's a huge amount of companies that are out and focusing on like the, the user or like the end goal of where the energy actually goes. You know, um, I think about waste a lot. One of my, um, well, my senior capstone design project was a solid liquid separator for backcountry composting toilets, which is super out there but really shows like, where does all of the waste go? What if we just used less, less things and created less waste? You know, I put this in the same category of what we're doing at Rise, where what if we just use less energy and we need to produce less energy? Instead of 100 coal factories burning, we have 50. Or instead of 100 solar fields needed to power this object, we need 10. You know, and it's really focusing on like the most minimal, easy thing that can possibly happen. Um, and I know that that description wasn't everything that I wanted it to be, but I see Rise as, you know, kind of a, a pioneer in that space where we're focusing less on how can we do this better? Like, how can we make things to support what we want to do versus how can we take what we want to do? and have that be easier or, you know, less harmful or less wasteful. Sure. Yeah, I get it, man. I'm, I'm with you. And, and I think, you know, you may not have said everything that you wanted, but it actually distills some of that down, you know, really, really well uh, in a way that will not just help, uh, you know, future employees here, but also uh, future partners understand, you know, what it is that we do. And, and, um, you know, you're currently working on the LiftGate program. You know, you've got a great team around you in, in terms of, you know, Blake still still uh, overseeing things, but Walt stepping in. Uh, Kurt and uh, the team at, at Anthony is, is um, you know, they are, are well set to take our product and actually install it and, you know, put something out there that will affect millions of users every day. But it, truly there are still some obstacles um, that that face rise that face the team what do you see as some challenges uh, that still need to be overcome sure um what are some challenges that need to be overcome um the thing that jumps to mind first is um the community you know um we recently went through a really large hiring process or like hiring uh, event i would say um where there's a lot of new faces and, you know, the culture has definitely kind of remained mostly the same. Um, but I very much do, well, um, I don't want us to, to lose like the, the community that we had, right. And that, that we have, 
Um, you know, like the biggest risk that I see is like, you know, participation at events, right? So participation at group events is actually down since we gotten more people, right? There's a whole bunch of factors that play into that, you know, people feeling busy and whatnot, but. Um, or not I, being there. You have, you have yeah, well, several, so, several people that have been hired that actually are not right, right. in Boston. But like, you know, how do we, how do we integrate them? You know what I mean? How do we, in this world where, you know, now we have a percentage of our, our, our workforce remote, how do we make it so that everyone feels a part of the rise community? Um, that is something that I, um, think about as, you know, kind of the, the one who was putting together all of the social events at, when we were smaller, where now it's, it's a large job for, for one person. Um, I also think about kind of the jump to product. Um, you know, we've, Rise has been in kind of prototype R&D land for many years, and we are just now arming ourselves with the resources and the people to bring what we have, which we believe is very close to what we're actually going to ship, but to kind of push it over that last 10% to, to get to a product, right? We're, we're starting to have, you know, some frank discussions about cost, about functionality, about reliability, um, really getting um, the requirements down for, um, yes, this is market ready, right? Market ready for a while was kind of a, a term that would be agreed on by Anthony and Rise, uh, but now here it is, it's close. Where, when can I actually, you know, make the sign off and, and check the box where yep. we're confident in this? Um, you know, I think, you know, productizing the Tesla car almost broke Tesla you know, and we need to be sure that we, we don't die um, right. <laughs> to put it frankly, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. You're not the only one that said that either. Uh, and, and uh, I, I certainly don't disagree. I mean, it, uh, somebody m- mentioned Tesla as well and how they almost went broke. And I, I corrected them and I said, they, they did go broke and um, you know, th- they were able to, you know, through sheer will, you know, very similar to Aaron and Blake. I mean, uh, you know, some of this stuff is, is sheer will pushing and that's a, a testament to not just the vision, but uh, you're saying some of it is obstacle in terms of continuing on with uh, building culture and uh, community. But that is also potentially one of the biggest areas of opportunity. Where, where else do you see areas of opportunity for rise? Um, I see areas of opportunity rise right now with a lot of the young hires that, that we've been making and have yet to make. Um, we currently don't have any co-ops or interns. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, you know, we had all, like some of us were co-ops. Um, and there was a decision made where, you know, right now that's not what we need. Um, but I can kind of sense we're starting to trend towards a direction where we will be hiring co-ops and interns, right? And you know, um, with that comes multiple things, right? There's the potential or kind of like a proving ground for, you know, young ambitious engineers to come and, you know, show us what they got, so to speak. Um, And then, you know, there's an opportunity for the young full-time engineers to take on a mentorship role, right? And start to impart what they have onto, onto new hires and kind of propagate uh, the way of thinking that we have here at Rise and introduce new ideas as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've had kind of a very homogenous design style where, you know, Blake and Tomas have been working together for, you know, over a decade. 
And there's, I don't think there's a technical issue that gets um, like through the door without any major technical issue, at least without, you know, at least being looked at by Blake and Tomas, you know, what does that start to look like when they take a step back in terms of, you know, responsibility when the company starts to grow bigger than, than they had thought in the past where they're not required for approval or something, right? What is the, the, what is the design and the engineering philosophy look like at Rise when that happens? Um, I think there's a huge area there where like, you know, they're very extremely talented engineers, but no one's perfect, you know, like what other aspects of other people's styles can, can be integrated and synthesized together to be, you know, what we all know that Rise can continue to be, which is, you know, engineering excellence among yeah. other things. <laughs> Absolutely. What, all right. So final question, what are you most excited about uh, that's coming that you can talk about um, that you can share with us? Sure. Um, I'm most excited to ship the lift gate. Easy answered. Um, yeah. You know, I came on when, when Anthony was an idea, you know, they had come for a meeting and I had met them and, you know, bought into what they were trying to do and what, what, what Rise was trying to do. Um, and it's been a crazy journey the last, you know, three and change years, seeing the product evolve, seeing the relationship between Rise and Anthony evolve. Um, sure, there's plenty of stuff coming down the pipeline that really, really excites me. Um, but in terms of, you know, putting a bow on the lift gate, that is what my head's at right now. Um, yeah. I am looking forward to shipping product. You know, I, like when I'm, when I'm down at Anthony, I see, you know, they have their MRT gates all lined up in a stack with their feet ready to be loaded onto tr 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 trucks with, with the forklifts. And, you know, just when I can go down there and see 20 rise lift gates, rise Anthony lift gates out on the shipping dock, that is going to be one hell of a day. That will um, be. And that is what, well, that's what I'm working for right now. Um, and sure, there's like new and exciting stuff. There's bigger cylinders, different design projects about to happen. Um, but the R&D effort on the, on the lift gate is what I am looking at right now. Really, that's that, is, that is productized and, and ready to go. Well, that's exciting. Well, man, it, you know, as as that gets out the door and we move on to the next phase, I'll have to have you come back and talk more about, you know, iterations, what went right, what went wrong, um, and and what we're doing to to continue to scale. Will do. Happy, happy awesome. to come back whenever you need me. All right, man. Well, that sounds great. Um, I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Justin. Have a good one. Hey, likewise. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for, uh, for participating. This has been the Inside Rise series on the Rise Inside podcast for Nolan Hobart, mechanical engineer at Rise, and Justin Starbert. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Rise Inside podcast presented by Rise Robotics. On behalf of our guest today and host Justin Starbert, thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our LinkedIn page 